Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen, TGIF. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate you giving us a little time today. We are celebrating Friday, uh, celebrating life and celebrating back to school. Oh, before I get to back to school and, and some things we want to talk about, uh, I know Lake County, I think, started their early voting yesterday. Orange County did theirs um, earlier in the week. Um, just please take time with your sample ballots and your uh, mail ballots and go through, look at the candidates. Be very, very careful when you're marking them, no stray marks, because that, that'll that throw the whole thing off and you'll have to get another ballot and start from scratch. Just be very careful. But but do some investigation. It won't take all that long. We have the Internet for crying out loud. Um, when, I, when I first started voting, <laughs> didn't have that luxury. So please take time out. Be an educated and an informed voter. Have a dialogue with your family and friends, even with the young ones, you know, even if they can't vote, you know, talk to them about what what issues that your family thinks are important and discuss them and, and break it all down. So um, anyway, so as you know, I was uh, trying to just get different people and still getting different people to come on the show to talk about their experience uh, in school and to share it since the kids are going back to school. And uh, so a gentleman called me up, one of my LinkedIn, and, and I have to tell you all, it took me like three different times to kind of get started on LinkedIn. It was recommended to me two or three times, and well, the first two times, and the third time I went back on my own. Uh, I have met a lot of great people through LinkedIn. And a gentleman, one of my LinkedIn connections, because I have like about uh, – 29,000 and something, uh, <laughs> reaching max capacity almost. But a gentleman uh, that I had reached out to and forgotten I had reached out to got back to me and wanted to share his story about school and, and things that you – and lessons that you learn in and outside of school. As you know, we've been talking about all of that. So Mr. James Toussaint is with us this morning, and he's brought a friend. Good morning, Mr. Toussaint. How are you? Good morning, uh, Ms. Simmons. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm well. All right. I am great, and I am so appreciative that you reached out to me, and, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. But before we get started, tell me a little bit about you first, and uh, tell me a little bit about uh, New Haiti and, and everything else you've got going on. You sound busier than me. <laughs> I wouldn't say twenty nine thousand people keeps you a lot a little bit busier than I than I. Um I'm with uh New Haiti. I grew up in uh in um in Haiti, migrated to this uh wonderful country what I call home, the United States, which is my first love. Um uh, about New Haiti, we are an organization, we are two organizations, uh one uh, New Haiti Fund, building up the people uh, of Haiti. And then uh, New Haiti Enterprises creating opportunities and uh, mm -hmm. addressing the root causes of migration. You see uh, many people at your borders, and we want to meet their needs at home. And uh, yes, we like coming here, but uh, we need them at home to build their country as well. Um, if I may uh, introduce um, our uh, my wonderful guest, uh, Corey L. Silver. Uh, the, when COVID hit, I was a little bit uh, shaken, as uh, the whole world was. 
Um, I found a spiritual anchor, which is Coriel Silver, which has guided me through and helped me pivot and uh, to uh, your audience and you and um, flourishing with New Haiti uh, uh, today. So uh, thank you for this opportunity. I'm looking forward to this conversation. And thank you, Corey, for being here. Thank you, Corey. Oh, Good morning, Corey. Good morning. Helen Gretchen, it's such a pleasure to be a part of your show. And how, how does your audience usually refer to you? Is it oh, it's by G, by it's, it's, it's whatever floats your boat, as long as it's nothing negative. It's, it's, all, it's all right. <laughs> oh, I love that. And uh, you can simply call me Corey. James, I love that you refer by my whole name, but uh, Corey is totally fine there. And so um, I am just uh, discovering your power hour, and I'm quite excited by what you're doing here, Gretchen. So it's an honor to be a part of this discussion today. Thank you, thank you, and and James uh, thinks very highly of you. Uh, you know, I, w- I would have just taken James at his word in terms of whatever he was going to probably tell me today, but he was um, very much insistent. How did you two connect? Tell me about that, and and tell me, I guess, what it is that you did that I guess provided that lifeline for him. Uh, you know, that's a great question, and um, I'll maybe take a stab at the first part of it, and James can jump in for the second part. Um, we actually, James sent me a birthday wish on July 15th, 2020, and um, I just, I share that because it's so interesting. We haven't had a conversation before that, and it was a birthday wish on Facebook, and there's something powerful about just connecting with people, honoring the days that they're celebrating. And um, so when I when I saw uh, James's wish, I took a moment just to look at his profile and the work that he was doing with New Haiti. And um, there was a butterfly effect post as well. Um, it really mm-hmm. intrigued me. And um, so it, it led to a conversation, and now just two years later, we're still um, encouraging each other and talking with one another. Um, for your guests, I'm actually located in Toronto, Canada, so we've got a great representation of different nations on the call today. And, Amen um, that. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, indeed. And uh, so the second part of your question, how did, how did I inspire James? Um, I think we just got into conversation, right? And there's something we've we've all been isolated to a certain degree over the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. uh, there's there's just something powerful. As a believer, I believe that God does, you know, He connects people in season um, to be able to journey together, to be able to encourage one another, come alongside and support each other, and so. Um, that's really been the journey. James and I have yet to meet each other in person, um, just with being in different countries and travel restrictions at this point in time. But uh, you don't have to be in the same um, space to be able to encourage each other, pray with each other, and just come alongside each other and do this journey called life. That is great. That is that is real good. And yes, it's interesting um, because I've not met James either um, in person. <laughs> and actually, and, and actually, the interesting thing is that a lot of my guests, some of them, I've, I've actually been blessed to actually have gone back to LinkedIn, and I've met a lot of my guests virtually okay. via LinkedIn and stuff like that. Um, but the thing about it is, is that. You can always, if you're paying attention, because a lot of times yeah. people are not necessarily paying attention when they navigate the internet. But when when you're paying attention, you can find kindred spirits um, right. through through. It, it, but you you have to be very paying close attention, making sure that it's not just somebody that's you know kind of taking advantage of. of the system Absolutely. and like especially right now right where you all were talking about at the time that you all connected when um you know COVID was kind of just uh throwing everybody for a loop you know it was yeah. a matter of of being able to connect and um just say hey you know i you know I, i'm here i'm a listening ear so to speak um mm-hmm. and uh but you know just someone that you know just kind of a lifeline to reach out to just to you know help kind of navigate you know this is new to me too it's new new to you That's too right. let's see let's see how yeah. we can navigate this together 
Yeah. So yeah. And now, it's something to speak to that for a quick second because it's just uh-huh. with your, the audience that ties in. You know, I just I want to encourage young people to use a lot of wisdom around connecting with people online. And if anything, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all have a little voice inside of us that tells us, mm, you know, this, this is good, this could be dangerous, and to really pay attention to that. Um, I, I believe people innately are good, but I believe there's wisdom tied to how we connect, how much we share with other people, especially if we're meeting someone virtually as well. Well said. Well, I want to talk to I want to talk to both of you because and like we said, you know, we're kind of a, a mini United Nations today. I want to talk <laughs> to each of you about your school experiences coming up, your childhood experiences because that's what I want to share because I think everybody thinks that everybody's experience is unique and in a way it is, but in a way there are a lot of commonalities. So, and, yeah. and that's what I want, you know, our young people to understand, you know, while while you think you're alone, while you think you're isolated, um, there there's some things that make each child uniquely themselves, but there's also some things that um, each of them brings to the table, um, uh, you know, that, that bring us all together. So, James, let's talk to you first. Um, tell me mm-hmm. about uh, growing up in Haiti. Tell me about your school experience. Or, or what type of experience you had, things that, uh, you know, you think that were positive, things that you think that were negative, and, and how it shaped you? Yes. I, uh, oh, that's a very good question. <laughs> I uh, grew up in Haiti, but my schooling, uh, we, uh, we're back and forth a lot uh, to the United States and uh, back to Haiti uh, because of uh, politi- political unrest. Uh, you know, one year my my parents would say, "Oh, um, you should uh, you should uh, stay in the United States." Uh, which I stayed uh, for a couple of years, and then find myself back. I had this one um, uh, elementary school teacher, uh, which who probably I mean I was uh, about eleven, probably still shaped. I mean, he's gone to be uh, uh, to glory by now, but he probably shaped the rest of my life. For some reason, I had left his school and uh, in the first grade, but he just kept following up with me wherever wherever I went. I went to all boy Catholic school. Uh, he would follow me up and then call my mother and said, "Please send James to Saturday school," which I did not like, but he would make sure <laughs> I attended his classes. And for some reason, this one uh, historical figure, which uh, is, uh, carries uh, the same surname as I do, he kept would bring him up, make sure I would know his history. Uh, he would make sure he put it into into my head every time. This is the one guy he wanted, and it turned out to be turned out to be the logo and inspiration behind New Haiti Enterprises. Go figure. You know he is. Uh, celebrated words is, uh, you know, intricately woven all around New Haiti Enterprises from my logo, from my stance, from everything. It's his voice that I hear till this day. One time I stayed in the United States, he called my, my, my parents. He said, I, I'm, I'm going to, I respect you. I respect your wishes. You can take, I had three other siblings. He would say, you could keep them in the United States, but this one you bring back to me. I want to make sure I follow, I, I, he studies at the right school under the right teachers and everything is uh, in accordance to what the plan that he thought he would have for me. And it came true. I celebrate him every day. Uh, I hear his voice on my shoulder. So, yes, I encourage if you have a, 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 a teacher in school that, that really is taken that you can relate to, really inspires you, Hold on to him. Please listen very well, young kids, because he may shape your life. And I couldn't be prouder for the man I've become than than I am today. Not that I'm patting myself in my back. I'm saying I'm living up to his expectations, which were somehow greater than mine. But I'd rather shoot higher than lower. Mr. Jen Marie, he will be celebrated one day in the new Haiti. Thank you for the opportunity to mention his name, which I haven't uh, <laughs> haven't said in a while. But thank you. <laughs> that was a yeah, very good I mean, question. 
it, it, yeah, because when you look back and, and you sometimes say, you know, gosh, I felt like I was I was by myself, I was all alone. But then there's always one. There's always one yeah. that you say, okay, yeah, that was the one that that got me through, that helped get me through. Um, outside of you know family and friends, you know people that that did not necessarily have to take an interest in me or maybe d- did a little bit more taking interest because it, they did more than just their job. They were making sure yeah. that, um, you know, that you were going to succeed in terms of at least getting past, you know, school, you know, and, and yeah. getting past school successfully, you know, but they were going to make sure that you were prepped for the next step. Uh, what about you, Corey? Yeah, no, James, that was beautiful what you shared there. Um, I My experience probably was a little bit different. So I didn't per se have a teacher um, that took that type of interest that James talked about, but I had a lot of different people within the community. And so I probably my, my upbringing more specifically within the church community that really held on to me um, and, and steered me in the right direction. And I think one of the things I want to share is the, the importance of experiences. So, yes, um, you know, the academic side of our learning and our growth is really important, and we absolutely have to apply ourselves so that we can excel in that area. Um, but there's something also very powerful about learning through hands-on experiences. And um, from, from a young age, um, I was always looking for places and spaces where I could volunteer and have an impact. And um, I think I was probably about 11 or 12 years old, so kind of that similar age that James talked about, when um, I actually approached the board of directors at my church because I had recognized there were no young voices at the table. And um, so I actually propositioned the board of directors um, to be able to sit with them at their leadership meetings and be able to bring a a useful voice um, to the direction of what the church was doing. And so I share that because in, in today's day and age even more, we have so many talented young leaders. And it is important for us to excel in education, but to also take what we are learning and contribute it back into the communities that we are a part of. Um, because there's this, this great opportunity to be able to lead up and down, right? And so um, that just that birth a passion within me to um, really just state the life that I was to live through the lens of service. And um, when one of the platforms I have now today is something called Own Your Roar. And uh, James is very familiar and supportive of this. But um, it's, it's this concept that we own our day, we own our roar. And roar is an acronym to recognize, own, articulate, and release our God-given destiny and identity. And I think that destiny and identity is shaped um, through our traditional education platform, shaped through the experiences that we have volunteering within our community, um, the sports that we play, the extracurricular activities. And so all of these things develop the identity of who we become. And so I think if students go back to school this year, one of my big encouragements would be is learn something new both in class, but also outside of class, right? Sharpen your skills for parents who are listening. You know, let's really look through the lens of the future as we train up our kids and be looking for the things that they naturally do well and then create opportunities where we can help them to grow and to cultivate those skills. So um, I think that's the piece that I would share, Gretchen. If I may add something to the uh, On Your Raw experience, if I may add, and uh, I'm glad, um, uh, uh, Corey, you brought up owning Your Raw, and uh, that's really how you you really uh, uh, helped me uh, uh, pivot during uh, COVID. 
I, uh, when, when COVID hit, I'm a guy, I have to be outdoors. I have to meet people. I have to shake hands. I have yeah. to look at people in the <laughs> eye. I have to smile at people and share my experience and influence people. You know, Del Carnegie said, earning friends and influencing people. That is, you know, that is the statement that, that I heard that really uh, changed the game for me ever since I heard it about 20 years ago. Um, However, during COVID, you couldn't do that anymore. No church was closed. Uh, you couldn't go out in the streets. You, could, you had to keep uh, social distancing. And uh, here I met Corey, and um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I said, I can't meet people. I, I, I'm, I, I'm losing, losing a bit of myself. And here she's presenting this new owning your role. And it's starting to make sense. It's starting to become, the owning your raw is starting to become me. I said, but how do I become, how do I own my raw? And I found out, I found out it's not, when you said something new, it's, it, 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 you hit the nail on the head with something new. Because I found myself owning my raw and doing something I, I, I'm not trained to do. I, I never imagined that I would do. I found myself writing music. Because I needed to communicate yeah. an effective way to communicate with people is music. You can release music on YouTube. You can release music all over. So I wanted to, how, how do I own my role to express my love for God who connects me with people, even while COVID is saying, no, you shouldn't, and, 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 and serve Haiti? Well, I wrote a song uh, called uh, okay. the, the, the Gospel of Haiti. And it's, I couldn't say it any better than to say I own my raw, even in mm-hmm. something new, with the gospel of Haiti to effectively communicate hope to the people and, and share uh, where we're trying to go with everyone who's willing to listen to music. Thank you, Corey, for 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 designing, for writing, for finding your space uh, and leading us to own our role. Oh, and that's beautiful, James. And, and Gretchen, so, I'm sure you have so many guests who kind of speak to this, right? Because we all have this unique sound, just like mm-hmm. your power hour. It's a unique sound that the world needs to hear, a unique expression that is going to touch many lives, right? And so it's just it's digging deep within each of us. And, and finding out what that sound is. Let's talk about that a little bit because I think one of the things that we have problems with um, coming as youth is, I, I, you know, we go through these, I guess, grooming periods or phases where mm-hmm. we're still trying to, we think we know who we are, we're st- but we're still trying to dis- discover ourselves. And sometimes we get a little lost um, yeah. and, and we get the peer pressure and other things that, um, kind of put us in jeopardy of losing ourselves. Um, we do that even as adults, but how do we, I guess, groom our, our children to find their way through the variety of pressures that they go, go through now in school? I mean, for, for example, never would I have thought that someone was going to come in and, and shoot up my school. Never. No. Okay. Um and that's some of the things that that our students have to deal with now. So it's not just about, mm-hmm. oh, can I get, can I make good grades? Can I test well? Can I pass my SATs and and um, all all of that type of stuff? There are, are so many other social infiltrations into you know what goes on into a, a quote unquote typical day of school. Um, it's hard to kind of just, you know, maintain some sort of self-confidence, self-esteem, you know, uh, um, because there's really so much that is consuming a child's thought processes in school. How do we get our kids to, to and I like, Corey, especially because you come from uh, that spiritual aspect. How do we get our kids to, to I guess, have that self-confidence to get through those school years, um, even mm-hmm. with being attacked from all different sides. Yeah. Um, would you ask me to start with that, Gretchen? Sure. Yeah, okay. Um, it, it's a brilliant question. And um, as, as parents, as 
um, you know, adults within the community who are um, advocates of our children. I think a huge onus rests on us to instill identity within our children, to um, carve out the time. I, I can remember being a child, and I'll, I'll tell you, I did not like it at the time, but we met at the breakfast table um, at quarter to seven every single morning. And we sat and we had breakfast together and we had a time of family devotion before we started our day. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting because, you know, as a, as a young person, I wanted that time to sleep. <laughs> I was not a morning person, right? <laughs> but in those moments that, that really began to instill identity. And I think as parents, and whether it's, you know, breakfast together or dinner. So I, I was a social worker for 10 years, and I remember um, reading a study years ago that um, if families would sit and have four meals together a week, they dramatically, and so I'm talking like in the rates of 90%, reduce the rates of their kids getting um, addicted to drugs. Um, getting involved in sex trafficking, um, getting involved in gang violence, failing out of school, like huge statistics. Just by sitting at the kitchen table together and having a meal and engaging in real conversation. So I, I, I'm a firm believer it starts within the home, but again, it starts within the family. So if we're a single parent family or we don't have as much biological family around us, we, we need to create healthy families, whether that's you know through community groups or our local church, whatever the case may be, where we, where we actually raise our children collectively and begin to instill identity, right? So of course, when we select those people, there needs to be shared values and all of that. Um, but I think we instill it at home. Um, and even one of the things I've seen so much um, over the last couple of years is just the importance of creating space to, to spend time together and engage in quality conversation, right? So phones are set aside, and, and we're just, we're mm-hmm. conversing. We're talking about real issues. We're talking about tough issues, right? And we're creating this atmosphere of acceptance because when you feel accepted at home, you begin to learn more about your identity. And then the things that are happening around you, um, they're, they're weighted differently than when we just we feel like we're alone at home. We go to school, we feel like we're alone, right? So then we go searching for family that can often lead us into connecting with the wrong people. Yes. Well, you're absolutely yeah, right. And if I can and That's add, really uh, easy. I mean, I, you know, in, I made a transition from, like, Catholic school to public school. It's mm-hmm. just a whole different dynamic. Um, yeah. And so there's, there's this sense for me of having to kind of prove myself to be, I guess, because I was very insecure, to prove myself, I guess, worthy to be there or worthy yeah. to be in certain social circles, you know, and, yeah. and that uh, I wasn't, I would say, I guess, such, uh, I guess, a stick in the mud you know, that I could be, you know, yeah. down with everything, you know, because I was still wearing, like, you know, the, the long sleeves and the long skirts, yeah. you know, yeah. coming, from, yeah. <laughs> coming from that environment. And then, yeah. you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to change, and my mom's like, you're not wearing, <laughs> you know, my mom right. was like, you're not wearing that. That's not happening. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to look at, looking like that out of this house. You know, so then, okay, it's like, okay, that's a, that's a losing battle from the jump. Yeah. You know, yeah, so absolutely. how else do, you know, how else can, can I, I guess, in a sense, prove my worth other than being a bookworm? How can I, I, I be, you know, considered, I guess, one mm-hmm. of the, the cool people or whatever at mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. you know, rather than just appreciating the fact that the clothes don't matter, but the, the A's do. You know, and I'm That's making right. the A's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but uh, yeah. there's, you know, and, and you know, like I said, at that point in time, that was the that was the bulk of it. There, I can't yeah. begin to imagine how to navigate the dynamics mm-hmm. of, of going to school now. 
Well, I, that, you said it. That that's I I agree. The challenges parents face with uh, with uh, 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 children these days is wow. It's almost insurmountable. But my my what my advice would be: be honest and be ready uh, to listen. And uh, parents don't have all the answers. The kids know it, but sometimes we pretend that we have all the answers. But it, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a good list. It, it, it'd be a good listener. Because we have two ears, <laughs> one lives, so we have to do the listening a little bit more. And uh, and another mm-hmm. thing I, I want to advise parents not to do, uh, if you heard me, it's good to uh, fellowship with other parents and uh, learn from one another. But what mm-hmm. you don't want to do is use another parent's experience and then scold your 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 your. He may not be have he may not be aware of the experience of the other kids, and then here you are scolding, and you put a distance between you and 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 your kid. Use it as a reference, but don't use the same experience to say, "Oh, like my parent would do to me." Oh, you you got a jersey, you're gonna do drugs. I say, "That's a haircut." <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Right. So that's what they did to us. They say, "If you got a, a nice, cool haircut." You're gonna do drugs. It's a gateway to drugs, which wasn't true. I, I've never done drugs. I've never even experimented. But that's what they did. But the wrong me, I you know, I I knew who I wanted to be. But another child will just say, "All right, that's what you want. I'll just do it." You know. But you don't want that. You don't want to put a, a, a divide between you and your kid. Be ready to listen. They'll talk to you if you if they know you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if we I are here. another practical tip as well, um, were you, sorry, Gretchen, were you going to go to break? Yeah, I am, I'm going to go to break. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> we're going to come back quickly, though. We're here with James Toussaint and Corey L. Silver. We are talking about, well, basically we're talking life stories, uh, but we're, we're trying to um, encourage our young people that, you know, you, you, there are ways to, to kind of get through and make it through, and even adults, especially during the time of COVID, you know, by just uh, investing in each other and, you know, just uh, having, you know, and just supporting each other as we go through these difficult times. So if you want to join the conversation, the number is 516-387-1944. If you have questions or comments, 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. I'm so excited. It's Friday. I can't begin to tell you. But anyway, I'm also excited that we have two great great guests on the show today, James Toussaint and Corey L. Silver. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. And, Corey, you were getting ready to, to mention something? Hello? Oh, okay. Sorry. Am I still there? Okay, okay fantastic. Um, welcome back to, to all of your guests. One of the things that just kind of came to mind um, during the latter part of our conversation is because I, I sense you're, you're really looking to equip your guests as well, um, Gretchen, through your show. And part of really understanding um, how to parent our children and then as children who we actually are is helping our kids learn about their personalities. And um, probably many uh, parents out there who are listening, um, back in the day when our parents were raising us, we were all kind of raised and disciplined and communicated to the exact same way. And uh, so much research has gone in over the last 20, 30 years to understanding personalities and the uniqueness and communication styles attached to personalities. 
And uh, some really great resources for your listeners out there would be like the True Colors model. It's a, a good kind of entry model into understanding um, behaviors, understanding personalities. Another great model is the DISC, um, so D-I-S-C model um, by Dr. Robert Rome. Both of them are great equipping tools to really understand why a person, a child, an adult, and applies to everyone, responds in the way that they do, right? So it looks at what is our innate motivation behind how we see the world. And it's not just one size fits all. There's actually pretty much all of the different models really focus on four different styles. And so I would encourage, I have a lot of um, people where I've done coaching in this area that will actually take their personality uh, that they have worked through with their child into the teacher and sat down during parent-teacher events and said, this is my child's style. This is their communication style. This is their learning style. And it has had monumental impact on how they've showed up within the academic arena. But also I find when, so I do a lot of teaching for the city um, locally here on personality development. When people themselves, and it doesn't matter what age you are, begin to understand the uniqueness of your personality and the fact that there's other people that also fall within those personality models, it releases you to step into the truth of who you are. Um, so I'll give you a story. Growing up, I had I was a middle child of three girls, and um, my personality was radically different from both my parents and my sisters. Now I'm talking different to the point of, at age nine, I called a family meeting, sat my parents down, thanked them for everything they had done so far, and asked them to introduce me to my real parents. Which is crazy when you actually think about it. But I recognize something doesn't belong here, right? And so I felt like I didn't belong, but it was just that my personality was very different from the rest of the people in my family. And so as I started to learn about the uniqueness of my personality, my communication style, all of these different things, I began to become more comfortable and confident in my own Again. And so if that's just a, a little tip that I wanted to share, Gretchen, that can have massive impact on, on how we see ourselves. Because when we, when we really understand kind of innately how we're wired, we're, we're not blown off course by peer pressure in the same way um, as when we feel like we're anchored lists. Yeah, and you know what? That's some of what we have to do a better job of is uh, mm-hmm. helping our, our kids understand that. Um, but, you know, while at the same time keeping boundaries as parents, I think in some cases parents go too far the other way in terms of, and my mom was, I had an old school mom. She was like, and she, you know, she was great, but she was like, I, I'm your mom. I am not your friend. <laughs> I am your mom. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, she she made the boundaries very very clear. Um, we I think we have a lot of parents though that, in the effort to to make the child comfortable in their own skin, they almost try to be a peer. You know, yeah. try to try to yeah, yeah. And, instead of realizing that you know, okay, you know, you can have that great relationship with that child, but you are still the parent and that child is still evolving and it's up to you to mold and shape that child. So the child is not going to agree with you all the time and the child is not going to always do what you want the child to do. But, you know, you yeah. still can have that, that great relationship. Um, yeah. And so I think yeah. it's, it's a balance that has to be struck. Because, I, you know, I was thinking about, what you're talking about in terms of, you know, the child, uh, I guess, having a better sense of self. And, and, and the thing is, for me, it was my, and my, my mom was, was ne- never lacking in terms of encouragement. She always had, um, you know, she always had my back. She always supported me, you know, things that would go on in, in school because I, I encountered um, various uh, degrees of, of racism and other types of discrimination. Uh, in mm-hmm. school, you know, and my mom was the first to walk down there and say, okay, what's the problem? 
because uh, yeah. she she knew me and she knew I wasn't one of you know I wasn't a troublemaker, you know by nature. So, um, <laughs> but the thing about it is, well at least well I wasn't a troublemaker because of her. <laughs> you know by nature is another story. Let's just put that out there because now you know it's just it's all out the window. But okay, <laughs> but, but the thing about it is is that no matter uh, it's, there were times that no matter how much she encouraged me or try, you know, and she believed in me, there was a part of me that still needed that validation from my yes. peers, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. And I wish I didn't need, I look back and wish I did not need that so much. How, and part of me thinks, um, even though I had it, I still think this, there's a part of me that thinks that not having, and I say religion in school, but not having some sort of, emphasis on morality and spiritual development in school, I think plays a huge role in a a child not having a a better sense of self. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you put yourself in right relationship, in, in my opinion, when you put yourself in right relationship with God, with the understanding that man is not all powerful, you know, man is not the creator. God is the creator. Um, you know, when you start, when you as a child stop uh, thinking that you're supposed to have all the control and realize that that control is, is, is divided and it's okay, it's divided among the people that are looking out for you, hopefully, because that's another topic, mm-hmm. um, but it's divided mm-hmm. among mm-hmm. the parents and the spiritual leaders and the teachers and guidance counselors and, and um, you know, um, people of the community that, that are, you know, upstanding and, and have integrity and character. It's divided among all of them. So, you know, we've we got to get our, our children to just be more attentive to what they're in school for and not necessarily having to take the load of, of all of these, these other things so much. You know, am I? What do you think? Am, am I wrong here? No, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. We have a similar experience. I grew up in Catholic school, all boy, and then uh, I migrate to the United States. All of a sudden, I find myself in the public school. It took me a while to figure out who I was. I was a little bit kind of uh, lost. It all. Uh, you know, we, I never had uh, young ladies in my class. I never experienced this. I, ne- I was always wearing uniform. And all of this, all of this hits me at the same time, at the tender age of, uh, <laughs> of 12 years old. It was a bitch much trying to find myself in self-awareness. And, uh, and um, it, my, uh, my brothers, uh, you know, we migrated together. They were already in high school. And here I am in the eighth grade. It took me a while to construct, but still we have uh, fabulous teachers in the uh, education uh, system. We, I think we uh, young kids find the teacher that that you you find relatable, and, and, and then you know you may find not not a I'm not saying a friend. You may find guidance. Mine uh, was uh, another teacher, Miss Judy, who still we're friends till this day on Facebook or follows me and gives me, you know, when I do something, you know you're there when Miss Judy gives you an attaboy on it. You know, she doesn't like everything, but she gives you an attaboy. So it's, like I said, I will I will say that I, I try to identify that teacher you most find relatable, who's not, you know, not going to tolerate you when you, you, you know, when you, uh, when you cut class, you play hooky or anything like that, that, that one teacher that you can relate to, but that is concerned and follows you academically, wants you to get the good grades, wants you to say, hey, you should try a little bit harder. And then all of a sudden you'll find that flag, that, 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 that flag bearer that you can follow in uh, all, all across, even in my adult life. You know, we, she's still, Ms. Judy still, is <laughs> still there. So <laughs> I would say that's what yeah. works for me, hopefully. And, and Gretchen, I think your your question is so important, right? Because I think any time we take God the Creator out of the picture, out of the conversation, we we create this void, right? And um, 
there, there's huge elements within all of us that are, are seeking to, you know, understand who we are, right? Why we were created. And to me, the Bible should be required reading in every curriculum at every age, right? And contextual to, to the age and stage, of course. Um, but, it, but it's the one roadmap that we have that really, you know, it, you talk about character development, right? Bible talks about character development. There, there's just so many things um, within the Word of God that teaches us to become the men and women we were designed to be. And so um, I think we would see a dramatic change. Of course, we're, we're in different nations, but we're both facing kind of that same um, spiritual crisis, right? If we were to bring prayer and the Bible back into our educational system, um, and then in addition to that, it, it, we're, we're at a stage where even character development, like actually bringing teaching, bringing clubs to the forefront that are teaching about character, that are teaching about, you know, how, how do we actually conduct ourselves in the world where so much is permissible, right? How, how do we develop um, Gretchen, I think you were the one that spoke about integrity, right? What, what is integrity? How do we grow in integrity, right? Um, because all of these things as we go forward and whether we're becoming teachers, right, and we take on an employment position or are self-employed like James and I are, these, these all lead to the success that we're going to have further down in life um, because it's the bedrock of who we become. So I would just, I would add that extra piece into it. No, well said. Uh, it's yeah. um, the absence of God. A lot of things can go wrong, but that roadmap that you talked about, uh, it's a, it's a very sure roadmap, roadmap in my humble opinion. The thing I, I, that troubles me, I guess, is that we, we, who believe, I feel need to be a, a little bit more passionate about what our beliefs and also need to be willing to make some sacrifices because there are other elements out there that are doing it. If that was not the case, we would not have uh, people fighting so hard to have uh, sex education in school or mm-hmm. To fighting so hard to have um, other types of, of, of teaching in school or lack of teaching. You know, now it's, it's yeah. uh, they've got, uh, um, I, I would say a misnomer, but anyway, uh, they want mm-hmm. to not talk about uh, critical race theory. So if, yeah. you're, if you want to talk about the history of racism in the schools, then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you have a problem because you you're making someone feel uncomfortable, and God forbid yeah. we make anyone feel uncomfortable uh, for a moment, <laughs> for just a moment. Right. Gosh, yeah. you know. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I think that we need to have the people, you know, people who are as passionate about uh, the spirituality, about you know, having a, a proper. Yeah moral compass about having integrity and character and stuff that that fight needs to be as vigorous yeah or even more so than the fights yeah. for all of that other stuff yeah yeah because because it, the thing, the reason i say that is because then you know you would i i think in my opinion you would have fewer of these cases where these kids in school who are you know, become isolated and, and um, you know, looked upon oddly or whatever, you would have fewer, fewer, of those, fewer of those cases where they turn around and they unleash on your school, my school, who, whoever's yeah. school, you yeah. know, because, you know, a lot of times, the, you know, you have some of these kids that are, you know, products of these schools and some of these people that are um, coming into schools from outside and creating this chaos and taking young lives and taking the lives of teachers who are trying to do their best mm-hmm. to, you know, impart education, the right education on these kids. 
So we've got to figure out, you know, and the, the talk is they're talking more about mental health, and that's a good thing to to talk a little bit more about that because it was taboo for a long time. But we can't just throw it out there as as kind of a trite subject. We have to really look into what mental health actually is about and determine, is it mental health or is it something having to do with not having a a properly formed moral competence? Yes. No, you're absolutely right. If I may uh, add to, to, to that, I'm glad you brought brought it up. Our personal history is uncomfortable, but we can't make friends until we own our own personal history, whatever in my family, my upbringing that is, uh, that was uncomfortable that I don't like to share until I, 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 I grow from it and, and, and find the courage to share it with someone. I really can't necessarily invite someone into my life. And I think that's what, uh, my, uh, my, uh, friendship with, with, with Corey was able to evolve even with such a dis. I mean, uh, you were raised by a young, uh, uh, a woman from, um, from, uh, from Haiti, so to speak. So we find mm-hmm. that part yeah. of her upbringing so relatable that I felt comfortable to just open up about myself. And I think if you do that individual, you can do that corporately in a, in a classroom at, at if you don't know me, how can we really call ourselves friends? So knowing, you know, our, 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 our classmates' history as well as knowing yours is the only way that we can truly become, you know, uh, uh, friends, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, that's so good, James, because, you know, I, I think one of the things you see more and more of, and I, and I think you see you kind of um, leaning towards this section is, we become intolerant, right? We're we're not sitting and literally investing time to communicate with people that look different than us, that were raised differently than us, right? And there's something so powerful about just coming back into that place of conversation and learning from one another, right? Hearing experiences. And I I feel like we've entered into such a time of debating Things, right, so we're we're not sharing experiences, and there's in the the sharing and the unpacking of those experiences that that we really get to grow and grow as individuals and grow in relationship with people around us. Um, but it but it also helps us to um, begin to see the world in a bigger place and see where we fit and how we fit and how we can change the world around us. Um, and, and Gretchen, you brought up um, the topic of mental health as well. And I just I want to do a really quick plug for there's a university in the U.S. It's called Light University. And for anyone who's listening today who you know feels called into becoming better equipped in um, helping whether it's family members or friends or peers be able to navigate through. The mental health crisis that we're in right now through a faith lens. Um, Light University has a program called um, the Mental Health Coaching Certification, and um, they they must have received a grant or they have a benevolent fund where they are literally you can apply for a scholarship. The full twenty five hundred dollar tuition is covered, and you can go through the three-part program and become certified as a faith-based mental health coach. And I think this is just a phenomenal opportunity for um, anyone who feels called within that space because too often, you know, this is a taboo topic that we we really don't have a lot of great understanding around. And this starts Mm -hmm. to break down um, and allow us to enter into conversation and be able to come alongside people and journey with them into a place of fullness and healing. And so um, I just share that because even for yourself, Gretchen, it might be something you would find interesting. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fantastic. I'm, I'm doing the program myself right now, and so I can I can speak um, personally from it. Um, but the, the, the goal behind it was to equip the churches 
to be able to have a real response to the mental health crisis, even within their congregations. And so that's Light University. We have a few minutes left, um, and I want to get input from each of you. Um, it, could you reflect back, both of you, for me, and uh, look at what, I guess, grade or period in, in uh, your uh, school experience was the most challenging? And if you were talking to someone whose first day was today going into that particular uh, grade or that particular time period, what would you tell them? Um, Corey, I guess I want to start with you with that. Okay, okay, thank you. And Gretchen, um, this has been such a pleasure to be a part of the conversation with you today. So I just want to honor what you're doing and thank you for it. Um, I think for myself, it was probably going into grade nine. So I went from a very small public school into a high school of about 2,500 people and just felt completely lost. And, and I think you, you mentioned something about that yourself, Gretchen. Um, and so what I, would, what I would probably do differently um, or what I would um, encourage a young person today is, is to go in and um, be okay with the feeling. It's okay to feel lost. What's not okay is to remain lost. And so I would have been more proactive sooner to really kind of just engage um, with some of the teachers, with some of the different extracurricular activities, and begin to look for people um, that I could journey through the high school experience with. And so um, there's, to me, there's power behind intentionality. And that wasn't something until I discovered later in life. And so the intention of knowing what do I want to accomplish in my high school life, right, so setting up some goals for myself, and then going in and finding people that can help me to actually achieve those goals, um, I think that would be a huge piece that I would have done differently. What about you, James? Well said. Uh, Me, uh, for me, I... um just like you, Gretchen, uh, moving from uh, Catholic school uh, to public school, that was a challenge in itself. But I found myself uh, two years later relocated after I had already settled down and figured out what I wanted to to do here as far as uh, education, what I wanted to study. I found myself uh, uh, migrating back to Haiti in the 11th grade. For me, that was, I was not prepared for that. Because now that you find yourself in Haiti, what happens when you relocate back to Haiti, you're going to an American school, you're not challenged. Because uh, it's not, there are not that many students. You're almost left to your own, to yourself, to decide what you want to study, whether you even want to study. Um, so not being, I've always been challenged in, in my life with uh, Mr. John Marie, uh, Ms. Judy, and things like that. And here I find myself, no one's uh, supervising me. No one's uh, 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 being accountable for my education. And uh, I had to decide whether, you know, I was going to go with the flow. Everyone was just there to hang out in an American school in, in Haiti and, and, and have fun or whether I, I still w- will stay on the course I was on, on the course where Jean-Marie was encouraging me. That's when I started to hear these voices, these uh, voices echoing from my, my past that kept guiding me because I was looking to be inspired, and I found mm. the inspiration and just stayed mm. on course. You know, when you feel like, you know, you don't really need to, that's when you need to say, oh, I'm meant for better things. So, therefore, I need wow. to step it up a little bit. And that's, uh, that's, uh, that's what kept me through, uh, so to speak, even uh, in Haiti. And, and to those years is really where uh, the organization started to take shape in my mind. It wasn't on paper yet. Mm-hmm. I was young. But I wanted right. to make a difference in Haiti. I wanted to build a, right. a Haiti that was good for many, not just a few privileged. 
James Toussaint, Corey Silver, thank you for your time today. Really appreciate you um, imparting your experiences with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, you for having, you having us. It was truly a power hour with you. I've <laughs> learned a lot and I've grown <laughs> with it this hour. Thank you, Corey, and uh, thank you to all your listeners. Thank you. It was truly a power hour. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Have a wonderful weekend. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. He'll make it all right. Hill man.